0: Aloha, Ta'alofa, Komusta, Madanga, Umanga, Niha, Konnichiwa, Kiyoda, and good morning. Great to be here to worship God this morning, isn't it? Worship is our way of giving God thanks the word worship means to kiss towards and so what we've done in our singing and our praying and our remembering of the lord's supper and right and in our giving and right now in listening to god's word we are kissing towards god thanking him and so when people come together like how we are gathered this morning It is so very encouraging. And so thank you for being here. Visitors, thank you for choosing to worship God with us this morning. You are our special guest. I thank God and we thank you, Father, for the progress that we continue to make as we come out of this pandemic um, Let me tell you, it was so encouraging to see the men up here and passing out the Lord's Supper how we used to pre-pandemic, right? It it was a good sign. It It was good to see that, to know that God is with us. God has helped us, and we're back at this point again. Our sermon title this morning is... Here am I, send me. These are the encouraging words of the prophet Isaiah. One of God's brave and courageous prophets who had to preach to a people who left God To a people in his day that was worshiping God, going through the motions, uh, just without heart, without sincerity. At the same time, they were worshiping idols. Often, they would worship the idols in God's house of worship. And Isaiah saw that. And I want you to open your Bible with me to Isaiah six, because right here in chapter six is where we see Isaiah making the commitment that I'm going to serve God. Lord, I'm here, use me. Or in his words, hear my send me. And the question, church, that, that i like for us to ask this morning is this, what motivated Isaiah to get to this point? What did he go through that made him say, here am I, send me? And this morning from the text, we're going to preach expository from this uh, chapter. This, for, this morning from Isaiah 6, want us to notice some reasons that led to, I, that motivated Isaiah, that led to him saying this when God asked the question, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, hear mine send me what caused the prophet what motivated him to say that here's the first reason church i want us to look at our text here's the first reason isaiah saw god's glory isaiah saw god's glory notice with me in god's book verse one through four And it reads, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. With two, he flew. And one cried to one another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. Isaiah wrote, that I saw the Lord. Now, we have to understand when, when we bring in other passages of Scripture, we know that Isaiah did not see God in his full glory, that Isaiah did not see a full manifestation of God, because men who see that, they die. When Moses wanted to see God's glory. Moses asked God, can I see you? And God says, no. God said to Moses in, in Exodus 33 and verse two, he says, you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. God is too glorious for these mortal eyes to behold. Jesus, or, or John, wrote in his gospel saying that only one person saw God. Only one person beheld the face of the Father, Jesus. All right, in John 1 and verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him, and even Jesus himself admitted that no man saw God at any time, John chapter 6 and verse 46. But church, Isaiah still saw a glorious manifestation of God. I want us to put our shoes or put our feet, right? That's where you put your feet in shoes, right? To put our feet in Isaiah's shoes, and try to picture in your mind, in your imaginary or in your imagination, what he saw. Try to do that with me, all right? He saw God lifted up on a throne. The train of his robe, right? We normally see a train in weddings, and and sometimes when the bride has a really long one. People whisper, like who. The Bible says here, the train of God's robe. Filled the temple. It doesn't tell us what size this temple, the only thing that we can picture in our minds is the description of the temple that was here on earth, but that temple on earth represented the heavenly places must have been a great temple. On top of the robe stood seraphim. This is the only part in the word of God where this creature or these angels, as some scholars view them, were mentioned. All right, sometimes our pictures of angels is like a man with two wings. The seraphims are described here. They are in the air. They're using two. They have six wings, two wings to fly, two wings to cover their eyes. Church, even the creatures in the presence of God had to cover their faces. The glory of God were radiant, and His Majesty too great. They cover their faces. With two wings, they flew. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two wings, they covered their feet. They were in the presence of the Most Holy One. Reminds you of Moses and Joshua, doesn't it? When God appeared at Moses, God said to Moses, Moses, take your shoes off of your feet. The ground that you're standing on, Moses, is holy ground. I mentioned before, the dirt wasn't made of gold. It was because God was there. Dirt was holy because God was there. Picture that. Seeing these creatures. And then you hear this thundering shout holy 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 is the lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory earth is a big place here it's described that the glory of god fills it in other places the earth is described as a place for god's feet It's footstool. What is the point? Isaiah, why did you say to God, here am I, send me? He saw God's glory. He was in all of God's glory. In other words, Isaiah had a proper view of who God is. And so church, maybe sometimes we're not standing up to serve the Lord because we don't have a proper view of who God is. Maybe sometimes our view of God is very small. When Isaiah saw this, he was in awe. It was one of the reasons why he said, here am I, send me. Now you and I will never see what Isaiah saw on this side of eternity. But when we read in the scriptures passages like this, sometimes it just passes over our minds. Sometimes we read something like this and it doesn't register in our hearts the glory that is God's, the greatness of our God, the awesomeness of who he is, the fact that he is holy and above all. The scriptures can give us a proper view of God. And when we have that view of him, we stand ready to serve. Here's number two. Why did Isaiah say, here am I, send me? Notice this church. Isaiah saw his own condition before God. After he sees God's greatness, he didn't say, well, you know what? There are some people out there that need to repent. You know what? There are some people out there that are sinners. When he saw God's glory high and lifted up, he saw himself very low. That's where it's supposed to be, right? God lifted up on high, bringing us real low. That's what happened to Isaiah. He saw God and he felt dirty. He felt like, I shouldn't be here. Notice what he said, verse 5. He saw God's glory and he says, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah was humbled at the presence of God. He recognized his sinful state. He recognized that he was a sinner. He admitted it. Woe is me. He felt so undeserving to be in that presence, to have this vision, to see God's greatness. And it could be, church, that sometimes we are not seeing ourselves the way God sees us. It could be that the reason why, and I'm speaking generally, the reason why we sometimes are not saying, here am I, I'm ready, let me do this for the Lord. It could be because we have this delusion of ourselves that maybe we look at ourselves as as righteous altogether without any sin. When Isaiah saw God, he admitted who he was. He looked within himself, and he says, I'm a sinner. I need God. That's what That should happen to us, right? And it happens to us. When we say God, and when we read his holy word, doesn't this happen to you? You're reading the word of God, and, and then you come across something that pricks your heart, and you feel a little bit dirty you feel like oh i i need to clean up i i need to work on this that's what his holy word can do that's what being in his presence made isaiah do he realized his sin and it's important for us church to recognize our sins to confess our sins to god to see ourselves, right? Not others, but to see ourselves as God sees us. Here's reason number three from the text: why Isaiah said, Here my send me, Isaiah saw God's cleansing power. Notice that with me, Isaiah saw. I went ahead, didn't I? I'm missing an entire slide. How about that? The slide should say Isaiah saw God's cleansing power, and we're looking at verse 6 and verse 7. Notice this. Right after he admits he is a sinner in the presence of a holy God, Isaiah uh, writes for us, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips and your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Right after his repentance, right after his confession, God, I'm a sinner. Woe is me. God provides a cleansing. God cleanses the prophet of his dross in a very powerful way. A a seraphim took one of the coals from a burning altar that exists in heaven. By the way, the word seraphim means the burning ones. And it makes sense. He took a burning coal and he brought it to the prophet Isaiah and he touched his lips with it. There's something very important about that bit of detail. He touched the prophet's lips when God called Ezekiel God said to Ezekiel, you eat my words. There's a connection there to to this prophet Isaiah. right? Prophets or seers is another way to refer to them. A prophet is the mouthpiece of God. From the lips of Isaiah, the words of the holy God, Will be delivered, and it's 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 significant and it's intriguing and it's rightly so that of all the parts of his body, his lips is touched and is made holy by this cold, resulting in his sin, all of his sin, and his whole body being purified. Jesus says something about our lives. He said several things about our words. He says, by your words, you are justified. By your words, what comes out of our lives, you are condemned. Isaiah here experiencing a cleansing, very unique, for him but it is a type of the cleansing that you and I receive the cleansing that we receive from the blood of Jesus Ephesians 1 and verse 7 the apostle paul wrote that in Christ we have redemption the forgiveness of our Sins through his blood. Isaiah, before he served the Lord, needed to be cleansed. You and I, before we are God's children, before we are used for God's word, we needed to be cleansed. Isaiah saw that God was a forgiving God. That even though before his presence, he trembles, even though God is holy and mighty and above all, Isaiah saw that God is a merciful God. That God can forgive sins. If that doesn't motivate us to serve the Lord, what would? We we rely on that. God is a forgiving God. God is a merciful God. And so we want to serve him. Paul says in Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 10, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of words that any man should boast, right? God's grace saves us when we have faith in him. And then then, uh, Paul, not Isaiah, and then Paul says, for we are his workmanship, right? People that do things. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I want to do good because God saved me. Isaiah said, here am I, send me. He saw God's glory. He saw himself a sinner and he saw God's cleansing power. Last but not least, you already see it on here. Isaiah saw that someone needed to do something, All right? Someone needed to do something, not just anything, God's work. There was work to do. We need people to do it. And Isaiah thought, he probably thought in himself, if not me, who's going to do it? He probably said, Lord, why not me? I'll do it. Notice what happened here in our text. Notice verse 8 through 13. God needed a body. He says, uh, Isaiah wrote, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go. Tell this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities are laid waste without inhabitants, the houses are without a man, the land is utterly desolate, the Lord has removed men far away, and forsaken the places, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land, but yet the tenth will be in it, and will return and be for consuming, a terebinth tree, or as an oak, whose stump remains when it is cut down, so the holy seed shall be its stump what was that all about from from verses 9 and onward he was sending isaiah to preach to people who already are blind people who already shut their ears of god's message and his point was you go tell them who they are tell them what they're doing tell them what's happening and what's coming because of them and hope that they will listen, that they will hear, and they will see, and they will return and be healed. Jesus quoted this passage when he was dealing with the Pharisees, who were blind leaders of the blind. They had eyes, but they did not see the truth. They had ears, but they would not hear the truth. And so God was holding them accountable. you imagine being Isaiah? Here, go preach here. They're not going to listen to you, but go and preach to them. They might kill you for it. Go and preach to them. The courage. Growing up in... Uh, in American Samoa, there was this this island song. It's an a cappella song uh, with with these lyrics, and the lyrics go like this: It says, "Everybody knows that somebody should do everything that nobody did do." Right. And this song is, is a great win. Everybody knows that everybody should do. Everybody thinks somebody should do, but everybody knows that anybody could do all the good things that nobody did. Imagine if Isaiah saw the need and said, not me. I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I I don't want to do that. God always needs someone to do the work. And someone has always stepped up to do it. In this case, a prophet that will preach to a people that has rebelled against him, a prophet that will not be afraid of their threats, a prophet who will stand toe-to-toe with those false prophets who said, we're all right, Israel, we're all right. Isaiah said, here am I, send me. There's always work to do. There's a lot of work to do. We just need to say, here am I. Send me. When Jesus was with his disciples he said these words to him to them he says the harvest truly is great he looked at a world with people with needs with people who needed salvation. He says, there's a great harvest. But here's the reality, church, in his day. It's still the reality for us today. Jesus said, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest, send out laborers into his harvest. So I want to encourage all of us this morning to do what Isaiah did. All right? Let us have the proper view of who God is. He's a great God. He is a holy God. He is an awesome God. And he comes first. He should be the biggest part and the whole part of our lives. Jesus said, you you want true success? Here's what Jesus said. If you want true success, Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Put him first. Maintain a proper view of him. Let us also be honest with ourselves. All right. Let us be like Isaiah to see ourselves as God sees us and God sees right through us to know that we're sinners. We make mistakes, to admit those mistakes, to bring them before him said, I need you to cleanse me of this. I need you to forgive me of this. Remember his cleansing power. If you were baptized into Christ, according to the word of God, and you've tasted that power. You had all your sins forgiven. And when you're living as a Christian, you're going to sin, bound to happen. When that happens, we go to God and we say, God, please forgive me. And the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And then finally, let us open our eyes and see that there is a need. And let us come before our God and say, Here we are, Lord. Send us. Use us. Pray with me. Father, we. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the vision of Isaiah and and the lessons that we can learn from it. God, may we always have a proper view of you. May we always be in awe of you as you are described in your holy word. May we, may we recognize your holiness, your greatness, Lord. And may that bring us to our knees before you. Father, may, may we see ourselves as you see us. May we acknowledge our shortcomings before you. And may we seek your forgiveness, your cleansing power. And Father, open our eyes and our hearts so that we may see that you need us to do your work. Help us to be vessels of honor in your hands. Help us, Lord, to be ready and to serve you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Maybe this morning you have not obeyed the gospel of Christ. Here here is what the Bible teaches on how one can be saved. Salvation begins by hearing the message of Christ. Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need to hear that Jesus died and was buried and was resurrected again. The second step is you need to believe that. That actually happened. He walked this earth. He did die and was buried, and he did rose again. People saw him. All right. Jesus said to, to some of the Jews that did not believe him, he says, you will die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he. After that, you need to confess or you need to repent of your sins. Bring your burdens to God. He will forgive you if you genuinely seek his forgiveness. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, that's what God wants. He wants all men to repent. The Bible says there that God is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but he is long-suffering towards all not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. When you repented of your sins, you confess the great confession. you say before people, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Romans 10:10 10, 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And when you make that great confession, We will baptize you right here this morning. Baptism washes away our sins. Jesus said that. It's the way that we are saved. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Mark 16 and verse 16. And then you do your best to serve the Lord, to be faithful to him. To a very persecuted church in the first century, Jesus had these words to, t- to encourage them in Revelation 2 and verse 10. He tells them that Satan will throw some of them in prison and they will suffer a tribulation. But he says, but be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. If you haven't done that this morning, I plead with you this morning. We plead with you. Do that right here, right now. Be saved this morning. Maybe you need prayers. Maybe you need encouragement. Let us know how we can serve you and make that known as we stand and sing the song of encouragement.